The following voices are considered high profile by Cobra Command. First off, can you tell Cobra Command to stop messing with the weather dominator? Okay, I will say that and everybody will listen to me because if they don't, I will change their eye color. <laughs> we have a uh, we have golf ball size hail in June, my man. Oh really? Only golf ball? Okay, I'm used to bigger, but okay. Cobra law can't be too far away. Yeah. Um, here with the good doctor of Cobra, Brian Cummings. Uh, yes, that would be me very much so, unless I owe you money, in which case I'm Earl Finster. We had the pleasure of crossing paths last year. Uh, how has this last year treated you, sir? It's been very good for me since the last year. I've had a wonderful time. I've uh, done surgery on the people uh, unsuspecting, of course, at night, which is always a good thing, you know, to stretch a little bit. I uh, did some yard work. I buried several. It was wonderful. I'm going to jump into the deep end. You started this journey back in South Dakota, am I right? I was a very young man in a little town where the most famous thing was cornfields. Yes, everything we did, we did in cornfields. And it was uh, it was famous, however. There was a druggist there who wrote this thing about uh, about the fantasy, uh, about uh, someone getting carried away into the clouds and coming into this weird city with some guy behind him. It's crazy. It was like, yeah, it was kind of Oz-like. When did you know your voice was going to take you through life? When I realized that I was uh, kind of clumsy around other people and instead of saying you're a boob and an idiot, if I did silly stuff, they went, you're really funny. <laughs> so I decided, okay, I get positive vibes when I do this crazy stuff and that's what I did. Then I got a job at the local radio station and uh, I became Mr. Hit because I played their music. All good. In the game since the 70s, you've been a Bernstein bear, yeah. a California raisin. Woo, yes. Yes, yes. And yes. of course, uh, in character, our aforementioned Dr. Mindbender. The doctor, yeah. What a, what a boot. Hey, honestly, when you go into auditions, there are 50 million people, and you just kind of pull out of your brain what the character could sound like. To, to, like to break into another character. Sokolov from Metal Gear Solid, they wanted a Russian guy and an English guy. So I went in, I did my John Hurt, British guy, and then I did the Russian guy, it was a little much, you know, they're not very smooth in the language. And they liked putting together the two characters, so he was closer to the, the British character, but with a slight Russian accent. So you go in and you throw stuff against the wall, it's kind of like throwing mud at the wall, and what sticks, sticks, and what doesn't, doesn't. That deal, Wally Burr and I had been friends for years. I worked for him on other jobs, and he actually bought a recording studio that I put together myself. So when he had me in, I, just as it's, I did several different characters, and it just occurred to me that Schwarzenegger's kind of a character would be a good template for an evil villain. So I did an evil Schwarzenegger-esque kind of a voice. Thank you for that uh, savvy segue. Uh, you <laughs> mentioned Metal Gear. You do know that the conflict in Metal Gear spilled onto the streets of Denver. No, 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 I didn't know that. In a later game, just to ad-lib, when you look at Denver, uh, what resonates for you? Is it the architecture, the people, the fact we created the cheeseburger? I didn't know that. I, th I thought Ronald McDonald did. Okay, well, this seriously, if the hard part to me is that I moved here first because I had family who asked me here who needed me to be here, but Denver's always been kind of like a, when from South Dakota, Denver's like way uptown when I got here. So I've discovered that all of that stuff, I love. Denver's, an, I've met people here who I love creatively. I've met people here who are, are good friends. Denver's very hip. The music scene here is amazing. People show up and want to play in Denver from all sorts of places. So Denver to me is kind of like maybe the new 
Rome <laughs> of creativity. Dare I say the new capital of the United States. Ooh, okay. All right. Well, then we'll take um, it. Anybody who's been around G.I. Joe a long time, I always have to ask this question, and uh -oh. uh, you can take it where you like it, uh -oh. but... Uh -huh. From South Dakota to Hollywood to the Mile High City, who is an American hero to you now? Oh, uh, I probably have to give this an American hero to me now. Fictitious, real American heroes. We have them. We abound with Amer real American heroes now. I think partly because we certainly started recognizing them. They were there, but they they did what they did, and they didn't seek the glory. So, real American heroes. I look up to guys like Sam G. Jones, is an entertainer guy, but also a serious guy. Former Marine is a real guy. There was a guy who has a booth just about 20 uh, rows from here, who's, who had lost a limb and was with General Schwarzkopf and Desert Storm. And after all of that stuff, decided that he was going to just for, as an adventure get together with friends and jump off Mount Kilimanjaro and then hike back to civilization. So I think that I think heroes are everywhere among us. I would to single one out. I'd say that everybody here potentially is a hero because everybody has a chance to do heroic things and I would want to say that the people who get attention for being heroes oftentimes are actors or are people who have public personas but among us right next to you in the house next door to you perhaps in your neighborhood there are heroes every day who do service that is heroic and just don't get recognized for it so I'd say the hero is, is that guy professional talker and uh, real one Brian Cummings okay. Pleasure to be with you, man. Some people play the squid game. We play effing bird games. Okay. Here with Aaron Reynolds, Canadian bird boss. Uh, how's, we spoke last year at Fan Expo. How's the road treated you, my man? I mean, uh, my airline just lost all my luggage nice. uh, before getting, I was also 12 hours late arriving here. But I'm here and I'm wearing a beautiful sequined embroidered cowboy shirt uh, because I made the airline pay for it. You're blinding me with birds. I am. Tell me what aspect of your art game has elevated since the last time we spoke. Whoa. I have really been able to up my output. I have been able to work a lot faster and a lot, I would say more efficiently. I've compartmentalized the way I work and I've started like doing things in chunks. And I can build up a head of steam doing one specific thing and do that thing all day and then change gears the next day and do the next step of the task. But rather than, so I'm doing a lot of, instead of finishing one comic at a time, I'm doing parts of 20 comics at a time very industrialized of you. Yeah, it's, I mean, I have to. It's a daily comic. <laughs> Art thou ready for an effing bird game? Uh, sure, sure. Let's start with the bird that knocked you out last year. What is the Colorado State bird, my man? Oh, I have no idea. What is it? <laughs> it's the Lark Bunting, brother. We'll get you year three. Maybe. I'm. It's hard for me to care about the names of birds, which is very... People get upset at panels when they ask bird questions, and I admit that I don't love birds. I get a lot of, you know, surprised gasps from the audience. You know, Colorado does have a fair amount of birding, so you have to watch yourself. Okay. Let's see. And birders are serious. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Your favorite extinct bird. Oh, man. Uh, I would have said the, the oil birds, but they made it back. We got, I think there's like 200 of them now. Uh, I saw them when there were 12. And uh, it was actually, so I got taken on a birding excursion 
and we hiked for four hours to see this colony of the last 12 oil birds in the world. And at the end of it, I was like, these birds smell bad and they're so ugly. I couldn't believe we spent all that time to see such a terrible bird. That, that took a convoluted twist. Yeah. Um, as you know, I talk G.I. Joe. Yeah. You know the Joes have a parrot and an eagle. Yeah. Are you aware that Cobra has two birds? Well, so here's the thing. I was not, I mean, maybe I was at some point aware of it, but I was approached at Megacon by the guys who run Dragon Con. They were asking if I would come to Dragon Con, and, uh, and I am. I'm going to appear at Dragon Con in Atlanta in uh, September. But as part of our conversation, we got talking about G.I. Joe, and the one guy said, hey, do you remember Cobra's accountant that's like a falcon? And I was like, no. And he's like, he's like, no, no, that's a real thing. And I didn't believe him. So he went out on the show floor and bought me the comic and brought it back. And so I am now fully aware that uh, Cobra's accountant is a falcon. Hasbro comes to you, says, we need a new evil bird for Cobra. What is that bird, and what is his quote on that file card? Oh my God! Well, I mean, it's a take it's, your time. It's a merganser, 100% a merganser, because that name is so dumb. You know, be the merganser, and uh, I don't know. It's got to be something about spitting. Hmm. You know, we got to put something in there about spitting. Solid. Uh, of course, Aaron Reynolds, effing bird boss. Thank you, brother. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for being here again. Pleasure to cross paths with another social media hustler. Mm -hmm. Here with Daniel Soder at Denver FanCon 2023. An enjoyer of all things pop culture, fair to say? Uh, yeah, you could say that. Mainly Star Wars is my thing, but I enjoy other things. As you wear a fedora. Yeah. Uh, a Jedi Master in the tweets. I know you're riding high on the dial of destiny. Uh-huh. But let's stow the bullwhip for now. I'm not sure if you've heard, but people have opinions about Star Wars these days. Oh yeah, I mean, you know how the fandom is, they're very picky on certain things. Of the many Disney Star Wars uh, tales, what arc, what character's arc have you enjoyed the most? Ooh, that's a good question. On, I think for the sequel trilogy, Kylo Ren. Ooh, and I've enjoyed the Ghost crew in Rebels. As far as Legends goes, what character would you like to see on the screen. Uh, Mara Jade. Nice. I think you could nice. do something with Luke in the 30 years between Jedi and Force Awakens. Maybe they could be like something that could add more to his arc in The Last Jedi. I like it. Danny, where can people find your tweets? At DanRS87 on Twitter. And uh, you can follow me on Instagram, JMD96 underscore YT. And you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, Jedi Master Daniel 96 Keep it bombad, my man. All right, stay bombad, as the bombad cast would say. And go check them out. Here at Denver Fan Expo 2023 with John Chiang. John Chiang, yep. John Chiang. First of all, thank you for your generosity to promote of this course. amazing podcast. Of course, of course. Thank you for having me. I would say that your art style is maybe Tron, but it has grit to it. Uh, how <laughs> I like would that. you describe it? It's an amalgamation of a lot of different things. You know, not not to answer the question, but anime, Renaissance art, surrealist, things like that, comic books, you know, all that stuff, all mashed together. 
your profit director, Destro. Um, <laughs> he's looking into the sunset. What's he thinking, my man? We can only imagine. That's that's for us. That's that's our part of the interpretation of the piece right there. John Jiang. Yes. Thumbnail boss. Thank you, my good man. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Denver 2023 with Andy Kubert. Kubert. <laughs> it's early. I butcher yeah. everybody's name. You don't even want to know. No, it's okay. <laughs> a legacy artist, a cover artist now for GI Joe as it continues on Skybound. Skybound, yeah. How well do you know Larry Homer? Larry actually brought me into the business when I was first trying to break in. I went to see him, and when you're first breaking into into a uh, into the comic business, it's very, 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 very difficult to get in. So when Larry saw my work, he actually worked with me, showed me a lot of storytelling things. One of the few editors that would throw tracing paper over my stuff. So he actually got me some of my first jobs at Marvel and hired me. He was an editor in there for uh, the Conan books and some of the like Semper Fi and um, the non books. And then um, I guess he got me on to do a few of the G.I. Joe covers there too. Bobby Chase was the editor and I forget how many I drew. It might have been eight or something like that covers. But I did the Snake Eyes trilogy covers and stuff. Uh, so when I heard that Skybound was going to be publishing or got the uh, the license for G.I. Joe, I actually asked to draw the covers that I wanted to. This is my wife. <laughs> nice to meet you. I've just called name Pujo. I guess just a couple words about Larry Hama as a creative, as a storyteller. Great on both. He's, he's one of the few guys, he broke in first as an artist, you know, with Neil Adams. So, uh, in Neil Adams' studio, continuity. And so Larry, Larry knows storytelling. He knows how to draw. He knows how to lay out pages and all that. I mean, he's great at it. Larry also laid out the, the initial GI Joe covers that I did. I got sketches from him to do it. Uh, so the guy's an all-around comic genius, basically. You know, and he writes. And he's been writing forever. Enough said. Yeah. Where are my manners? Um, let's talk about you. A legacy I like artist. talking about other people. <laughs> that's why, guys. Honestly, that's that's what the real ones do. <laughs> Talking about uh, as a legacy artist, I believe you graduated from a school that bears your name. I did. Uh, I graduated in 1984. Went there for three years. Yeah, my father's school. Yep. Mm. I won't labor it, but if you can dig deep, what's the best art advice your dad ever gave you? Hmm. Take your time. Yep. Uh, don't ever give up. Don't ever take if you're gonna hit a lot of uh, brick walls trying to get into this business. A lot of people are gonna knock you back, hate what you do. Don't ever give up. Keep going forward. Once you give up, it's over. Well, we're not quite done yet. Here with Emma Kubert uh, here at uh, Denver Fan Expo 2023. Emma, I'm not sure if you know your dad is also an artist. Oh, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to that. Um, you've been a freelance artist for Dynamite? Yes. DC yeah. Comics? Yep. And now you're doing your own thing with Image, am I right? Yeah, I 
I've actually also worked for uh, Marvel, for Tapas, um, for Capstone Publishing, and a lot of others that I can't think of right now. Mm. But let's get personal for a second. Uh, Inkblot, tell me about that, and if folks aren't in the know, uh, why might they enjoy that? So Inkblot was the first Image Comics creator-owned story that we were able to put out, me and my partner, Rusty Glad. It's an all-ages story. It's high fantasy about a magical black cat that can do anything, go anywhere, godlike powers, but it, all it says is meow. And honestly, this is, it's a great, great story that we absolutely love. We have two volumes out, um, 15 issues out in total right now. It's on a hiatus, but it's one of those stories that we really want to get back to because it's epic and it means so much to us. And it really did start the kind of direction of my career in the creator-owned stuff because before I did Inkblot, I didn't think that I was going to do creator-owned comics, let alone be a writer and create my own comics that way. So it was just kind of that kind of opportunity that presented itself and I just took advantage of it and it really worked out very well. Breakout. Let's go legacy. Uh, you graduated from an art school that you share the name of. I do. <laughs> uh, father's an artist, grandfather's an artist, but let's keep it at your dad. What's the best piece of art advice he ever shared with you? Um, well, he's given me so much advice, of course. That's kind of how it goes with the generations. My grandpa gave him advice and he gives me advice. But the best one that I could even recall, like even just talking this weekend, since he was here, um, was that if you stop, if you give up, it's over. Keep going, keep drawing, keep the momentum happening. And it's just because in this business, in this industry, it's one of the toughest industries to make a living in. And you have to be as relentless as you possibly can in order to achieve what you want to achieve. There's so many people that are going to tell you, no, I'm not looking for that. That's not what we really want. And it only takes one person to say yes for you to get a job. Preach. I've been talking to Emma Cooper here in 2023. I'm not sure if you know, but your daughter yep. is uh, down Artist Alley. Oh, I know that. Ooh, uh, just to pay it forward, what's your favorite thing about her line art? She, she, her storytelling, I, I learned from my father how to do storytelling. She learned from me, and she's great at it. Her style is not similar to mine. She's drawing the way she wants to draw. And the more she does, the better she's getting. And she is getting so much attention now for what she's doing because she's getting so better at, at it. Plus she's writing and drawing her own thing now. I'm just so proud of what she has done so far to get herself to where she's at. And she's just, you know, I hate this term, but the sky's the limit for her because she's been doing phenomenally well. It's appropriate since you work for Skybound. Yeah. <laughs> Andy Cooper, a cover artist for G.I. Joe.